cliffcentral.com. Hello and very, very welcome to Beyond Ears and Eyes on Cliff Central. I'm Shemaine Harris and in studio with me, it, Palisa is back. Let me just say hola, Chico. Welcome back. <laughs> so how are you doing? I'm good. Yeah? All right. Shout. We missed you, Palisa. From Elise oh, and Tom. speak for yourself. I, I miss her. <laughs> <laughs> From me, Liesl Tom, a very warm welcome. If you'd like to join us, uh, you can send a WhatsApp to 079-748-2090. I got that right, huh? You totally got that right. <laughs> woof, woof. <laughs> now, today we are going to speak about Sufism. Mm. And with us in studio is Alia Hairi, who's a, a teacher, and it's Quite uncommon for me as an outsider. I didn't expect that a Sufi teacher would be a woman. How are you doing, Alia? <laughs> it, it is quite, uh, yeah, unco- uh, not a thought. Yeah, good afternoon, both Charmaine and Liesel. It's wonderful to be here. Thank you. Um, yes, um, Sufism, which is um, known as the mystical dimension of Islam, if you like, the inner path of light uh-huh. to the outer road of Islamic practice, um, is beyond gender. Um, we recognize that what is essentially who you are mm-hmm. as an identity in this world is beyond being male or female, but the quality of your soul, your spirit, and this does not remove you from everyday life, mm. but brings you very much engaging with life and how we choose to live it in this world. I'm so glad that you say it, it, it disregards gender, you know, and it's about your soul, the quality of your soul. And um, I, yeah, I don't really know whether you know about it because you're immersed in Sufism, but whether you know about some of the misconceptions out there, it, it, it comes across as pretty elitist, you know, because one hardly hears about it. And I'm, okay, let me say when I say one hardly hears about it, I'm talking about within a South African uh, context. Mm-hmm. So you always find it very mystical and, and far removed. Um, so, so who is a Sufi? Um, a Sufi, uh, first of all, let me address um, what you mentioned with respect to misconceptions. Mm. No, I do agree with you. Do you? Um, I, I have myself encountered um, many misunderstandings of what the Sufi path is all about. E- essentially, Sufism was simply um, a commitment, a passion to discover who we truly are. Mm. Um, so it it goes beyond just the outer identification of us being either male, female, engaged in this world, but who who are we actually in essence? Mm. And it explores that path to finding that place within us, which uh, we can call the soul or, or the light of spirit. But it's that core, our inmost core, that remains untouched by everything or anything in this life. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Sufi um, practice is actually very universal. It's very unitive. Mm-hmm. Um, it excludes no one. In fact, the entire cosmology or understanding of what Sufism is embraces all of humanity. 
Mm. So it goes beyond the religion. The religion um, may be specifically Islamic or Christianity, Judaism, Hinduism, Buddhism. Mm-hmm. Um, these are the outer teachings and practices, the rites and rituals that have come down through some visionary in that particular country. Mm-hmm. So the Jewish prophets had a connection with the divine, with God. Mm-hmm. But in terms of those who followed the practice and created the theology around it, it became a set of rites and rituals. And often the the, 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 the light of the spirit somehow becomes diminished mm-hmm. and the focus goes into the, the rites and, and the notes. rituals, the yeah. religious part of it. Precisely. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and that is often what um, what uh, the public sees in, let's say, Islam, for example, mm-hmm. or Christianity. Mm-hmm. Christianity had a wonderful mystical tradition. Um, so uh, it's a universal story. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I wish to say is that we do not separate spirituality in our Sufic understanding with the rest of existence. Okay. In other words, spirit imbues everything in life in this universe. So we do not say that we just practice spirituality uh-huh. in the evening or in early morning, but it has to radiate from you in your everyday behavior, uh-huh. what you do with your profession, with your families, your loved ones, how you, how you relate to people in public, strangers. Um, so we um, are encouraged to bring our, if you like, best behavior um, into every instant of our life to uh-huh. see to see every act as, as an act of worship, but going beyond the religious worship. Worship essentially means respect that that everything in creation is sacred, mm. okay? beyond religion. That's cool. Yes. Aliyah, when you say Sufism is the mystical dimension mm-hmm. of Islam, what does that mean? What is this mystical dimension you speak of? Yes, unfortunately, that word may not have been the best choice. What we traditionally mean by mystical is that which is non-material. So we look for what is the meaning, the meaning and, um, and, and the principle behind what we experience in our solid world of Mm -hmm. space and time. so mystical has been um, um, a word used in philosophy and in uh, religious practice for, for millennia. But I think today we have moved beyond uh, religious terminology in some way, especially the younger generations. Um, they are seeking to to understand and to live in a world um, where everything um, emanates mm. uh, the light of truth. Mm, so, the new ones. The, we we keep talking. We keep coming back to that with a lot of our guests. It will go like the young are here for the truth of who we are at our core. I'm paraphrasing. Yeah, wildly. wildly. But that is. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> I think that's very accurate. Mm. In fact, what you've just said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, what you've both said, precisely. Um, re- religion has. I think served a great purpose, you know, for several thousand years, mm. especially when 
the world lived in villages, often separated by great uh, geographical terrain, mountains, deserts, and so on. Um, and it gave kind of a center of morality to mm-hmm. people's behavior. Um, today, we have structures, you know, in society, laws, human mm-hmm. rights, um, and 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 that traditional form of religion, um, perhaps in 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 many minds. Um, no longer serves its purpose. Mm-hmm. And we have to connect with spirit within us. Yeah. See the living God within or, or the living truth within each of us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now that you're talking about it like that, I'm wondering, um, when you look at um, spirituality versus religion versus control, where would you, where, where are you at in, 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 in that thought? Yeah. It is often said that the church has been a controlling element in most of our lives. Um, and to some extent, perhaps it is true. Mm. Um, but I would like to say that I think the intent, the original intent of religion mm-hmm. um, was uh, positively motivated over time. Um, you know, there is a yeah. saying that there is a natural move toward gravitation falling to its lowest center. Mm. And uh, perhaps we have lost the vision of light, the vision of authenticity, of of high spiritual integrity, if you like. And sometimes it's easier just to uh, do the do's and don'ts, the right foot, left foot, or uh-huh. um, follow the automatic practices. Um, I think the world is changing. There's been a massive conflict and suffering uh, worldwide, and no one is spared today. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are all caught up in this, uh, if you like, you know, techno-usarious, global, economic, consumeristic, materialistic hole that seems to be on the planet. And people are worried about paying their bills, right. uh, paying school fees. Right. Um, and somehow we know that the answer to these problems and issues that confront us cannot simply be fixed outwardly. There must be some great um, moral, some integrity transformation inwardly so that we all make better choices, Mm. so that government, so that our leadership, both in education, in the the churches, um, in the state, in our families, can make more responsible choices Mm. um, that bring out the value of the human being. Mm. And then we can restore, you know, the kind of enlightened society we all want to live in. Mm. And it's almost like we have to find a way to reconnect with that divine spark within ourselves. Now, what do the Sufis teach about the essential nature of humankind? You know, in some religions, humans are viewed as flawed from the get-go. You come into this world born into sin and you need redemption. How do the Sufis view the essential nature of humanity? Um, yes, in Sufism, there is no original sin, so to speak. Um, um, and it begins on the premise that we are already whole and complete born into this world. But it is the impact of being in this space-time material world, which is based on survival, Mm. and survival means fear, Mm. that we lose that connection with our innate joy and bliss and sense of wholeness. Um, And the struggle begins because life is struggle in this Mm -hmm. world. Um, So the entire journey, which is called the return, the entire journey is to reconnect or to return to that inmost core within you, which is light, 
which remains untouched by anything in this mm-hmm. world and where your true essence is. So that brings us to um, the practice um, of who am I in this world and how do I live so that my life has meaning and purpose. We can look at maybe the six, I call them the big life questions that face all of us. And I think every human, single human being must have asked this question of themselves at some point, usually in our younger years. At 14. I would say, yes, that's a good time. That's, a yeah. very, that's very, very insightful. So the questions are, you know, who am I? Well, what is my purpose in life, or do I have any? Does is does life have meaning, mm. if at all? Uh, what happens after death? Mm. Um, and is there is is there something beyond this life? We, we might call it God. We might call it some eternal principle, some eternal intelligence. Yeah. So I think, and and as we go through life, we tend to forget these questions because the demands of getting on with your life take over and society imposes their views Mm -hmm. on how we should live our life, what we should be, and so on. And we buy into it. And we we buy into it generally because as we start out, we're too young Mm -hmm. to do anything else. You depend on your parents or your caretakers to feed you and to clothe you. So you can't really say, but, you know, this can't be real. I'm joyful. I'm blissful. Why is everybody looking so worried? So we go along with it, and that's what we call conditioning. Mm. And we often, um, and it's necessary for survival. And and there is no one who escapes conditioning. So you see the perfection of the plan in any case. But as we grow older, we say, "But I feel, I feel I'm not authentic, or um, I'm not. I've lost myself. I'm living everybody else's life, mm. but not my Especially own." Especially as women, we like to keep everyone else happy. And serve, and the kids, and the husband, and yes, and that um, has probably been the dominant um, uh, factor on on womanhood for the last two thousand years, if not longer. You know, there was a time when there was a matriarchy when women ruled. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm thinking of the days of Lesbos, <laughs> um, and um, and um, even beyond that, the fertility goddesses. Mm. There'd be no survival if we did not appease the goddess who brought forth the crops and the rain and mm. and all the good things in life, the fruits and so on. Um, but be that as it may, we are now under another kind of hegemony, which um, women for at least two thousand centuries or more have battled to find their voice and so on. Um, Sufism looks beyond gender. And at the same time, we recognize that in this age, one of the great passions of um, intelligent um, women um, is to redress the balance mm-hmm. um, and, and allowing uh, women to um, their due in full womanhood. So, yes. so do you think that uh, feminism has had its course, has, has had its run as becoming sort of defunct, or do you think it still has a role in society? Um, feminism is one of these very um, um, hot 
words that need to be defined. So uh-huh. if you ladies could define it for me. Uh-huh. Are you speaking about American feminism that really started the movement? The bra burning, the bra... Wasn't it, wasn't it the, the, the uh, Germaine Greer um, who started with the burning of... The, but, but she's uh, British. Uh, so Becca there are... Friedan, yes, yes. yes okay. the, that whole generation. Um, and, and I think I think because... Um, the voice of women was so silenced for mm-hmm. so long that it had to be something explosive like that. Okay. But over time, I mean, femininity has become what? Basically, I have the right to make my own decisions about mm-hmm. my body and my, uh, and my pursuit in life. Is that more or less what you're speaking about? Um, because that's a very valid. You know, it is, like you say, it is a hot topic because none of us at the moment can actually agree who or what feminism has, has, has evolved into. Do you know what I mean? But I think there is that core thought that do not, um, uh, continue to try and control me. Let me be and let me do because I am capable and I, I can, um, actually give a lot more than what you give me credit for. So yeah, so, so the word for me has or the meaning for me has evolved and mm. to the point where a lot of women don't even now call themselves feminists anymore. Hey, I think it's a word that's so loaded and just like with the pendulum, we were on the, the extreme male side for so long. My, my concern is that we're going to swing completely to the opposite. I would rather live in a world where we have that middle ground where you say the soul has no gender, the where balance. we can where we can can see each other as equals, each with his or her own different strengths. Um Alia, your first question of these six basic questions was who am I? And for me that's very interesting because that's where every spiritual journey starts is with in because isn't it said that if you can't find the answers you are looking for within you won't find them without now you also have an academy of self knowledge how does that tie into your teachings yes the um big questions of life that we started out with um, might seem daunting I mean, how do we deal with purpose, meaning, what happens after death and so on? And yet, the good news is that if we answer the first question of who am I, all the other questions become answered. Because knowing who you are is probably, is, is probably at the core of the success or failure of all your ventures in life. Um, when we connect with our authenticity of of what goes beyond the fear of survival, mm-hmm. what goes beyond all the expectations and the hopes um, that we put out in the world, especially around um, um, family, loved ones, and so on. And we go back to saying, but what makes me a valid and true human being? Where is my essence, my core, my spirit? When we connect with that, then we actually make better choices in life because we no longer are bound up by what we call the illusory, the mirages, you know, that, that, that um, reflect our desires and expectations. But we connect with that real place that says what is true and good and meaningful, what mm. is beautiful about life, what will bring happiness for the, the greater good amongst mm. us, what is more collaborative rather than separating us, alienating us. What is true beauty, not just glamour, 
Yeah. You know, what is, what is genuine power that goes beyond my limited being rather than just forcing my way into life? These are the things that become real. And, and all those qualities of genuine power, of, of, of beauty, of intelligence, not just thinking and rationalizing, um, um, of love, not, not just attraction, mm. um, those deep, True values that, that, that when we express them, we feel complete and good about ourselves. Um, these in potential are what we are born with. This is what Sufism teaches us. Our DNA carries um, in our natural state all the qualities that we consider desirable, that define us as a full human being. When... We go to that question of who are we? Um, obviously, we go through phases and stages of our lives, and you see the progression. How does one evolve, and how do you not get confused with um, who you are uh, in essence? Yes. So there are two qual- two aspects uh, when we start to explore this question. One is what we call our true or our deep self, um, and the other is our persona, our identity, our personality, that which is created in our life in this world from birth. Mm-hmm. So we become what? We become a certain profession. All the things that you answer when you say, when we ask, who am I? I'm a mother. I'm someone's daughter. I'm a teacher. Um, I work at a radio station. Um, I'm someone's husband and so on. Mm-hmm. Um, these are all parts of our identity, our persona, how we bring ourselves into this world. Um, none of that will ever bring us deep fulfillment or satisfaction. Meaning in life only comes from that which we draw out of our deepest self and radiate into this world. This mm-hmm. is why all the good things we accumulate, you know, a fabulous partner, new house and cars, they do bring us happiness um, until the car gets dented mm. and the partner turns on us mm. and finds another lover. So, um, yes, there are sources of happiness, but they're short-lived. And we are all looking for permanent, eternal happiness and joy and bliss. And that we do by connecting, you know, with our true self, that place um, that is inviolate, that is always sacred, always whole, always complete. Mm-hmm. So how do we come to that? Maybe the best answering is, uh, answer is through reaching a point in life when we recognize we've achieved everything we want and we are still not satisfied. Or we suffer. All our expectations have betrayed us. They haven't brought us what I thought I would have. Whenever that sort of a disillusionment with this world occurs, we then start to kind of step back mm-hmm. from what we thought were the sources of joy. And in that stepping back, we begin to let go of the expectations and, and, we, and we begin the search. And How did yours go? Because you have an interesting story. How um, did your search begin? Well, uh, well, um, uh, I think the first turning point for me was at the age of nine when I had a near-death experience by drowning in the Pacific Ocean growing up in Hawaii. Um, And when I thought I could not get back to the surface, swallowing up mountains of water, 
um, I felt, and I thought I, I actually would 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 not would not live. Um, I felt such a great peace. It felt, you know, all the struggling stopped, and it was so peaceful um, that it took away the fear of death forever. Hmm. Um, um, then, um, as as an as an adult, um, I was immersed in, if you like, um, psychic research, where I had the most phenomenal experiences um, in out of body experiences of exploring uh, predictions of the future, uh, words of wisdom by great psychics um, predicting um, a certain kind of a future. And I had a very good professional life in New York, um, but none of it um, brought any certainty, only only more confusion. How could there be so many different voices coming from um, the sacred precinct? Um, and why was I not feeling happier about it all mm-hmm. until I fell into a, a point of despair and, and really went through a very, very deep, dark, dark um, 24-hour period? of um wanting my life to end seeing no possible no possible relief or restoration of 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 any value in life and and through that letting go that surrender um i came to a place where um i confronted you know the door of walking through it meaning that i would be found dead the next morning or stark raving mad that there would be um there would be no solace or, or, or mm. no redemption. Um, and something within um, said no to denial. And I found it, it was it was beyond, it was not cognitive. It, it came from the deep place where that small voice speaks to you and speaks to each one of us, but we, we don't always listen to it. Um, and out of it, I found myself emerging from this darkness and it seemed like an eternity before I came back into the light of day. And it was dawn the next morning mm. um, when I felt as though my um, I was embraced in some form of guidance and that one could trust, mm. trust this breath of life, trust life. And I did not know where it would lead me, but eventually it led me um, within 24 hours to my first um, Sufi master, if you like. Wow. What is the difference between trust and knowing or faith and knowing? Because what I'm getting from you is a deep sense of knowing, which goes far beyond belief or, or, or faith. Yes, um, um, we, we have faith when we choose to accept a truth but don't really know it. And it becomes knowing and certainty when we directly experience it. And the experience can only come through letting go of our everyday mind. Can you explain? The everyday mind is related to this persona, this personality that we live in this world. You know, I am so-and-so, I have so-and-so. All those labels. All those labels that we choose to identify ourselves with. This is why um, meditation or what we call um, dhikr or spiritual re- uh, remembrance 
um, of the truth um, is a practice that's encouraged on the spiritual path. Oh, you spiritual have to g- remembrance. remembrance. That is so beautiful. How do we you do that? We want you to go How back to remember the spirit. <laughs> that, 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 that's that. That's it. So. Um, so the vicar, the vicar that we refer to, um, is, is no different from meditative form. And what it means is that, um, in remembering our source, look at how beautiful it is. The word remember mm-hmm. means to rejoin. Mm-hmm. To re- remember. remember. Yes. 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 Oh, yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so we reconnect. Remember yourself. <laughs> That's it. So, so you uh-huh. remember your source. You reconnect with your divine, your sacred being, oh, the sacred just... light within. That's all it is. And the, uh, and, and in, and in that process of meditative vicar or remembrance, we let go. You have to let go of everything you think you know, because everything we thought we knew did not bring us what we wanted in this life. I just, you know, I'm never going to look at meditation in the same way again. I don't even think I'm going to call it meditation yeah. again. I think I am going to call it re member because it just makes so much sense. I mean, the whole thing fell into into place. Remember with your source. Oh, I'm done. <laughs> no, no we, are not, we are not done. Wait, Charmaine, this woman has a lot more wisdom I to know. share with us. No, I know. No, no, but no, Charmaine is done. And that's beautiful. <laughs> I am. That's, that's, that's precisely it. You see, there there is nothing we need to find in order to be enlightened. You can't find God. You can't find the sacred light. You can't find source because it's already you. There's nothing but source. And we've allowed, remember the metaphor um, that we started out with, that who we are in our core is like the light of the candle. It's light. And it's only when we put the glass frame around it that the light can radiate. Mm. Most of us do not have the awareness of that glass. So... Um, you can say that, to use another metaphor, the light, we carry the light in our heart. Mm. Um, we say that the sacred um, light is within the heart, and we point to the heart, don't we? Mm. When we when we pledge allegiance, mm. when we swear, when we vow to the utmost truth. Um, and that, um, and if our heart has been rusted over by fear, anger, anxiety, self-concern, Uh, our desires, then it has clouded the light within. So all we have to do, uh, the the light, if you like, the truth, your source, is there waiting for you. Mm. We have to get rid of the dust over the heart, the rust, the the, the tarnish. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's a matter of letting go. That's what they mean by surrender. It's It's not a passive thing. You know, it's a it's a dynamic mm. commitment. Oh, you're killing me! <laughs> Surrender is not a passive thing. No, you are killing no, me. it's a dynamic commitment to <sighs> say, I no longer want to live in falsehood. I want the <sighs> truth of my life. I will let go of all the props mm. that I thought would give me that success or that truth. I will let go of all my illusions, of all of my expectations, and and just let go. And, and, and let what is within emerge. Mm. And that's how, 
and 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 it's waiting for you. It's already there. You're like you are you are whole and complete, just as you are right now. You have to embrace yourself. That's it. Wow! Embrace your truth. Embrace your authenticity. Slay. And let, let go of all the all, all the illusions. Yeah. When we started speaking about the essential nature, one of the words that came up was joy. Now. For me personally, there's a slight difference between joy and happiness, but I do know that you have five steps to happiness, and I would love for you to share that with our listeners. What are the five steps to happiness? Yeah, yes. Um, I use that word happiness and joy interchangeably, but we tend to think of happiness as dependent on something, whereas joy is just being joyful for no reason at all. And that's the state we want to be in because nothing can take that away from you. It comes from inside. Yeah. It's, it's already with you. Mm. It, it's actually who you are. You know, mm. you are, you are bliss. Mm. That's the nature of the self stripped of all the falsities. Mm. You actually feel blissful. You feel you're in a meaningful universe. You feel guided. You feel that there's trust, beauty, everything, everything has a luminosity about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so how, how do we achieve that? Um, there are many formulas. I find that these five steps, these five keys, um, can be very, very powerful and profound. The first is to accept whatever, accept the present moment, mm. accept whatever is happening in your life right now, just as it is. And what does that mean? Accept means um, we don't blame or judge. Um, we don't impose our desires on a situation. We simply s- look at what is happening. So let us say, for for example, that I've lost my job. I've lost my job. Um, instead of saying, why did they fire me? Uh, or, or don't they appreciate what I've done for the past 25 years? I say, all right, it's gone. Whatever the reason it's gone, I accept it. So I don't waste any more energy on all the what ifs, buts and whys that I can't do anything about. Mm-hmm. It would not change anything. I preserve my energy. I preserve my integrity. I accept it. Um, then the next step would be take responsibility mm-hmm. um, for what has happened. And I say, well, I've done my best. No mm-hmm. blame, no judgment. I've done my best. Perhaps it wasn't what they wanted. Mm. Maybe it wasn't good enough. Maybe I'm in the wrong job. Mm. Whatever it is, um, I take responsibility for my part in it. I did not create it. I would not have fired myself. But it happened. I accepted it. And my responsibility is I will not waste, expend any more energy, excuses on this. Um I, whatever happened, I'm responsible because it happened to me, not to you, and not to you. And right. responsible, responsibility, first of all, is something that a lot of people don't want to take, but it means just simply being able to respond. Yes. My ability to respond. That, that, that's what it is. And to respond without blame or judgment. Um, and that means you're back in soul because anything to do with our personality is you, you're wrong, I'm right. Mm. Um, so we say, all right, this is how things are. So you begin to actually 
witness. You begin to see from that inner part of you um, beyond the drama of the moment. But this is what is as it is. Mm -hmm. And if I respond to it by saying, I did not create it, but I choose to respond with my authenticity, integrity, then I'm free. I don't create karma and I don't bring karma with me. Mm. Um, I'm going to, um, yeah, I'm going to, to, to say, to go with the others quickly because our time is running up and I want you to give all five. All right. So then, then, then the third is, um, we are all human, which means we, we carry our bodies uh, with us. And so, um, um, all of our emotional events, no matter how enlightened we are, we carry as traces in our body. So take care of your body. Hmm. Uh, find out where in your body does that feel, uh, I've been fired. Oh, that hurts in my gut. Um, so there's a practice. I give, give that feeling a name. Ah, although I'm, I'm choosing to be enlightened about it, um, it hurts. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't like it. Um, and I can say maybe I'm angry. So I process that anger, give it a name. Um, I'm angry because I should have seen this earlier mm. and, and gone looking for another job before this reached this point. Um, so take care of your body. Um, uh, work out any emotional uh, uh, energy packages within and release it. And, and the fourth is um, keep letting go of whatever comes into your mind because, as I've said, we are a human. Just let go. Let go. Um, uh, if it does not concern you, do not let it concern you. Mm. <laughs> so, and that's a trick on itself, that, right? To learn uh, how to to back do off. Not, do not concern yourself. What does not with with that which does not concern you. Let go. Ma- let go. Martha Beck let go. always says there are three kinds of business. There's your business and my business and God's business. And if it's not my business, I cannot be in it. And that is exactly what you are saying now. That, that's it's tremendous. Not your business. Get so, out of it. So that's so that's what it is. And and the fourth is, um, I always encourage, uh, keep an open heart, keep an open heart, <sighs> no matter what, no matter what happens to you. You know, your loved one may die. You may you may lose your beautiful home. Whatever happens, keep your heart open. Mm, keep of course, heart that's open. a lot easier said than done. Well, if you have done the previous four steps, you mm. may already be living an open-hearted life. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And I would like to just um, share, um, um, this is, uh, we have an academy of self-knowledge where mm. we teach these programs. We don't teach, we facilitate. Everybody comes with their own lives and they facilitate their own process. Um, so it's a, it's a remarkable sharing. Um, the, um, motto of this, um, of our academy is, um, and I use this to define my life. Um, it starts out, your remedy is within you. But you do not know it. The disease is from you, but you do not sense it. You think you are but an insignificant entity, yet within you is enfolded the entire universe. You are an illumined book. By your potential, through your potential, that which was hidden becomes manifest. So you need not look beyond yourself. What you seek is within you. If only you reflect. That is beautiful. Where do we get you? Do you have a, a website for those who want to 
hear more or yeah yes um the website um is at www.alia a l i y a hyphen com. Thank you so much. It was really a great conversation, very illuminating. Thank you so much for coming, Alia. It's been a pleasure altogether. Thank you very much for having me, both of you, Lisa. It was an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. I love that your Academy of Self-Knowledge, the acronym is ASK, because that is where you started out by asking. Mm. From me, Liesl Tom, have a terrific day. Be blessed. And from me, Shemaine Harris. Palisa, do you want to say goodbye? Mm. All right. She doesn't want to say goodbye from me, Shemaine. Have a good week. Cliffcentral.com